a banana laser. I don't even know what that is. Welcome, Laser Nation, to the Banana Laser Horror Podcast, the podcast that has to be peeled to be believed exclusively at Horrorphilia.com with your trio of sexy hosts, Alex Edwards. Are you fucking with me? Dave Z. Hey, yo. I'm a pretty simple guy. And Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. The potassium starts now. Now. What's up, Banana Brains, and welcome to Banana Laser, episode 46. My name is... Sorry. Sorry, I've never interrupted your intro before. I think that. <laughs> that was really awkward. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know what took over me. It just popped in my... I'm sorry. We're all fucked up, guys. Or I'm fucked up. We're Start. all fucked up! It's still the 70s show! <laughs> Banana... Bam, bam. My name is Matt Wazell, if you're nasty, and with me, as always... Is a guy I can trust because he's fat? Sorry, Dave. But uh, Dave Z, what the fuck is up, Dave Z? Hey, yo. Hey, yo. What's up? What's up? Are you talking to me or, or the listeners? I'm talking to both of you. Holy shit. Well, nothing. Well, all, all three of you. What's... Pardon me. You, Alex, and the person listening. What is up? Let's just get into some, you know, right at the top of the show, before I even introduce Alex, get into some small talk, like, what's been going on? What's the weather like? This is why I tune in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, me too. I tune in, then I t- tune the fuck out. <laughs> exactly. Let me go ahead and introduce, he's still here, the man that loves four-way seances, Alex Edwards. Yeah, asshole. Now, are you talking to me or the lasers again? I I don't know. I'm just kind of yelling that out there. <laughs> you know, throw it against the wall, see if it sticks. That's a great word. Um, so, yeah, guys, welcome to episode 46, where we're continuing our rolling through the 70s. We just can't be stopped. And we got a doozy of a film that we're discussing today. It's called Deranged from 1974. And if you guys haven't seen this, then uh, it's on YouTube. We'll probably post it on our uh, YouTube channel, so you guys need to check that shit out. It's a it's a whack job of a film, but we're going to talk all about that. But what else are we going to get into, guys? Well, you know, you guys really... Uh, it, uh, jockeying for position the last show was just impossible. You guys <laughs> would not shut up for a second. You know, everybody was like, where were you? I wanted to hear what you thought of Exorcist. I tried, guys. They just uh, strong-armed me out of there. Yeah, I feel feel really terrible I had muted you for most of the show. Um, it was an accident? Yeah, I'm talking, and I'm like, do you guys hear me? Why do you keep talking over me when I talk? And it was it was Matt with the laser lounge buttons, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have it out for Alex. You know, he thinks he's hot shit coming in here when Dave and I have already established ourselves. Well, look who's in charge now, motherfucker. <laughs> Oh, Let's just yeah, be he... honest. Let's, he, Alex was Alex was fucking Pin. That's what happened. We brought Pin out again, and he couldn't control himself. Yeah, can we, can we not be so honest every time we get on here? <laughs> Sorry, I try to be honest with the with the listeners. You know, what, like Doctor Phil. Yeah, yeah, I think my story got a little bit more sympathy than yours did, but thanks. Yeah, so, <clears throat> anyway, uh, in lieu of of my silence, Matt said, "You know what, dude? I want you to pick the movie we're going to review for this show." 
and I want you to pick the segment, the, the topic of the segment. So Matt was the one who pointed out that when the Skeleton Crew did a little segment in December of 2012, and it was a... Uh, Something that came to me, and it, it seemed like it would be a really fun, interesting topic to get into. Like a great topic for horror fans. I think it, it just generates good conversation. And it was something called, when, no, nothing official, but when horror franchises changed tone. And whether or not that was a good thing or a bad thing. And that was when Michael J. just left the show, and Dan just faked his way through that whole show. Uh, Matt, you know the impression. He goes, yup, uh-huh. <laughs> Yep, that's pretty much it. I mean, he was like your flavor flave. Just that was it. Yeah. yeah, boy. Alex, you were so prepared for that, and 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 just listening back, you know, recently, it was just like I was amazed how it was basically just you talking, and he was he didn't he added nothing, like no opinions, brought up no franchises, nothing at all. So. Yeah, nothing. So, you know, Matt and I both feel that that was a, you know, a decent topic that never reached its potential. And, you know, you can never go wrong with Dave Z and Wizzell and uh, myself. I would like to try this one more time with some participation. I will be playing the role of Dan Chase. Okay, so <laughs> go ahead. Practice, guy, right? I'll be Michael J. Then. Yep. What do you think, Matt? Yep. Yeah, it, incredible. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, this movie changed tone. Right. Yeah. Right. You mm-hmm. think so? Good. Yeah. Okay. Totally. What about the noise Leatherface made in, in Texas Chainsaw Two when he was like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> wait, wait, who and said like, you're replacing Michael Chad? He wasn't on that changed, show. It changed tones. Well, I had to be somebody because he was Dan. It's only fair. I, I, I think I'd be a better Michael J than a Jamie. Well, you have to be Ribcage. Ribcage? Okay, I'll sit here silently, <laughs> like you did. <laughs> oh. Payback! Wow! I Cheap love shot. You, I'm sorry. All right. Well, let's get into this. So, uh, Matt handed me the mic. Thanks, buddy. I get to mm-hmm. do a segment here. So yeah, let's talk talking about some franchises that you know uh, changed tone. You know, let's just kind of gloss over every single thing we can, and we could see if it was for the better or worse. I think you know. Let's start off with the biggest one. Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Do you guys think that Nightmare on Elm Street, um, <clears throat> obviously Freddy was dark and the movies were dark for part one and two. And see, part three changed tone, but, okay, part three added humor. And part four ran with the humor. Yeah, I feel like, and most people agree on this, part three is where they figured out what a Nightmare on Elm Street movie is. And so... That's the tone change to that movie was the correct shift, uh, mm-hmm. and and they made the good movie. But then, yes, like any franchise, uh, you focus on the bits that quote unquote work, and then you exaggerate them, and that's immediately what happened with the next sequel. Just it <laughs> became super hokey. But that's the problem. In theory, a change of tone is good when you're when, when you're talking about Nightmare 3. It was a good idea. Right, that's it. what I mean, yeah. They, they right. changed the tone for the better. Absolutely, yes. they figured it out. But their tone didn't last. It's like they they found a tone and decided to fucking tune it up too far or something. It was just, that was the issue. So ultimately, that's the funny thing about Nightmare, about this, this franchise, is that 3 was so great because it was the perfect combination. But then that was it. Then it fell on its ass. Then at the end... 
so it was like it was a good idea to change tone, but the tone didn't last, and then it jumped the shark. This is like the one answer that we can't get an answer on because the answer is yes, it was a good idea to implement a tone change, add humor mm -hmm. in part three, and then uh, we just see where it goes wrong when you take, oh, Freddie makes jokes now, joke time, you know, instead of uh, Freddie's making jokes in a serious world. Right. It's like Wolf Creek 2. What they did in Wolf Creek 2 was kind of what they did in Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Now, if Wolf Creek 3 comes out and he's completely off the wall making jokes the entire fucking time and it just, it, they could do the same thing with that series. So, was it a good idea? Yes, but in retrospect, at the time it was a good idea, but in retrospect it was not. Even though one movie came out of it was great. And of course, this is just my opinion. The rest were not. So, imagine if they didn't go that route and, and it would have stayed serious. What that series, in the long run, it might have been better for the series. Well, it's interesting because... 86 is when that big tone change took over horror. That's when we started putting humor in all of our horror. It happened in Texas Chainsaw. It happened in... Uh, 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 it happened in Nightmare on Elm Street. was actually a year later. That, that was 87 in part three. So that's when everybody was hitting it right. House, Perfect Blend, uh, Return of the Living Dead. They actually sort of started it, you know, in 85. So, yeah, well, you already brought up... Wolf Creek, that changed tone in part two. What do you guys think of that? I think it was a vast improvement. I thought it was a big improvement. And I've only seen part of the movie, so I can't truly <laughs> comment on it. But it was so good, he didn't finish it. <laughs> it, it that, that's a good example because part one is was something else um, where you you don't get into the villain until well into the movie. Well, what are you going to do for the sequel? Well, the villain's got to be there, and he's up front, and he's almost the main character this time. And and from what I saw of the film, I didn't see all of it. I, I liked the change, that change, because I wanted to see that. I, I thought he was an uh, interesting character. But now, moving forward with the third one, they're going to do that same thing, but then they're going to do it more, and it's going <laughs> to become hokey. Just like yep. Nightmare Four, um, you know, maybe you know, who knows what what they would do, but that's probably what would happen. I hope you're wrong, but yeah, I mean, that's that's what I said before that that it probably will happen. And Wolf Creek Two, here's the difference between Wolf Creek Two and like you know Nightmare Four. He was making jokes, but he was just making them to amuse himself. He was the one getting off on it. He wasn't like looking at the camera with like a nod and a wink. You know what I mean? It's a different... He wasn't throwing on sunglasses on the beach and, right. uh, you know... Get the fuck out of here with that. You know, now, they did jump the shark a little bit with that kangaroo shit, I thought. That was a little too... Yeah, that was weird. They should have kept... If they would have kept that kangaroo thing out, you know? Those kangaroos are basically like what fucking... Like what Jar Jar Binks was to the Phantom Menace or, or what fucking... <laughs> What Big Daddy was to fucking Land of the Dead. Just take it right out and you got a much better movie. We saying Big Doo Doo now. <laughs> oh. I'm going to go back. Let's go back. I'm going to say that adding humor to Nightmare on Elm Street was a bad idea. Because it rendered the rest of the series problematic. And it killed the entire series. So I'm going to go ahead and say, nope, you should have stayed serious. I'd rather have uh, seven great movies or whatever they could have been uh, with the proper tone rather than... Uh, one good one with humor and a bunch of garbage, you know? Yep. I mean, you can argue that, yeah, they went back to Sirius in Wes Craven's new nightmare. But that but, was different. 
But then he went back to the same old Freddy in Freddy vs. Jason, though. So he uh, Here's the problem with Freddy, if we're going to focus on that for a second, is that he's a character who talks. And if you have a villain who talks, it only works like... Um, I guess, you know, if he's like a troubled, if he has inner turmoil or some kind of anything, go, conflict going on. But he's not. He's just a villain. He's just a crazy guy who wants to kill people or possibly rape children or whatever. Um, so he's not going to do any of that. Anything he says is not going to be exciting. It is only going to be one-liners. There's no other option for him to say anything interesting. So that's ultimately the problem. <laughs> He doesn't say anything interesting. It's true. <laughs> I hear you. He's not a psychopath. He's just fucking cheesy. That's the difference. You know, like, you know, some movies guys are, are cracking jokes. Like, okay, for example, Pieces of Talent. We all liked that movie this past year. That guy, the killer in that movie, was doing things to amuse himself. And we were laughing along with him sometimes. You know what I mean? But he was a dynamic character, whereas Freddy Krueger is not at all. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Freddy Krueger became... You know, a cartoon character, literally. I mean, you know, that, that's what. I think, yeah, I think they actually made him one when he was on the Nintendo, right? <laughs> <laughs> the Power Glove. Yeah, right. Uh, okay, so, <laughs> so uh, okay, let's get to the the famous one. You know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the big debate. Uh, am I going to take back what I said about Part Two? I didn't end up taking that back. <laughs> Sometimes I do wish that I could watch that movie uh, straight up and not think of anything besides that movie. Maybe then I could appreciate it and think it's good. And I know you guys love it, so you're just not going <laughs> to... So wait, but even though you guys... Let me just say it before you, because I know you're going to both love it. But do you really think they should have made something that serious comedic? Hmm. Well... I mean, <clears throat> this is how I look at it. It was many years later... And at the time, you were already talking about how the the landscape was changing, and mm-hmm. and horror was really in the mainstream, especially with home video and all this stuff. And it was a different animal, so it was kind of adapting to that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, would I have liked to seen more of the same tone as the first one? Absolutely, but I am ju- I'm thrilled with what I got because I think it's a great movie. Uh, I look at Evil Dead one and two the same way because. I love them both, and some people were split because of the tone change there, but I love them both, and I take them both as what they are. I'll say this to start it of Texas Chainsaw. I sometimes think that Texas Chainsaw Massacre was so fucking amazing when it first came out. I mean, still, it still was amazing, but I'm saying when it first dropped, the kind of movie it was, I feel like there never should have been any sequels to that movie. Mm. it's almost like a movie that should not ever have a sequel because of the kind of movie it is. It's just fucking out there. It's just, uh, here's what, here's what I'll say about part two. I think that they took an idea that they were doing in the first one and they just ran it into the ground again. And I know you disagree, Alex, but I, I've always found me personally, I've always found humor in the first Texas chainsaw. You and Bill Mosley. Jesus. (laughs) No, no, no. Bill Mosley. 
it no, is, he didn't. Franklin he didn't cracks me the fuck up. The things that the Hitchhiker do, are, are doing make me laugh. A lot of stuff, even the way they were acting, the banter between them, in the old man, or the old brother, he's like, look what your brother did to the door, and all that shit, and fucking the bickering that they were having. There was that element in there, but just, because saw, of the... I felt it was realistic. I didn't think it was... I felt it was people being people, and people do have a humorous, humoristic side. I don't, I don't feel that it was playing to the audience. I just think that it was horrific events were going on, and the music made it even better, or the sounds, I should say, made it even better. <laughs> right, and the dinner scene, that the dinner scene was so horrific that, that when they are making those jokes and doing those things, they're not making jokes, but just, the, you know they're psychopaths. That's why they're acting that way. I think you, it doesn't really, it weighs differently because of the, the seriousness of the, the, the situation at hand. I don't know. It's just, they took things from that movie. And what they did in part two was they expanded it, but they expanded it too fucking much. Mm. That's what they did. I, I can see the idea of making Chop Top act silly like he was doing. Yeah. And a, a little bit here and a little bit there, but I, I agree with you, Alex. I like the movie. I don't love the movie. I saw Texas Chainsaw 2 before I saw the first one, mm -hmm. and I always had a lot of fun with it. I just think they should have done it a little less, just like the difference between what, what, I, what we just said, Nightmare 3 and Nightmare 4. Right. You, you, yeah. You have a yeah. I wish I could see. I wish I could see the Nightmare Three of Texas Chainsaw instead of seeing the Part Four that we saw with Part Two. It would be the original. <laughs> Is anybody confused? Understand yet? that. <laughs> they, they, Texas Chainsaw Two made it, it. It's the comic book version of the first one. It's you got the characters are zany and outlandish, whereas before it was always grounded, even when they were doing crazy. And ridiculous things, but and <clears throat> it felt real world, whereas part two feels like a contained world that's like like a comic book. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. <clears throat> but it's still funny. Texas Chainsaw One. Maybe everyone's different than me. I I think Franklin is hysterical. I think the way he's panicking the whole time and everything else. I'm just laughing at everything that goes. Even when the fucking hitchhiker stabs him in the. And when you're in the van and his reaction to it, the way he moves and, and how panicked he is, to me, it's comedy because he was bugging out to begin with. So when someone's already nervous to begin with and then something bad happens to him, it's kind of funny, at least from where I sit. How dare you laugh at a <laughs> handicapped person, Dave? How dare you? Now, that was a really good assessment. And Dave, I have a number you can call and we're done with this. <laughs> there's one amazing uh, thing that cracks me up. And I think it's awesome and it's funny at the same time. When Hitchhiker first gets kicked out of the van and the van pulls away. And then you just see him by himself and there's yeah. no noise except he's the like, wilderness. <laughs> and he's dancing and he's yeah. shaking around and he's doing his thing. I think that's the best fucking 20 seconds of that film. Because it's so ridiculous and funny but scary at, at the same time. Just like <laughs> they're out there. You know? Yeah, it felt like a documentary, and you're watching a lunatic. Right. Yeah, but that's funny that you see humor in that. I I did not. I saw humanity. I didn't see humor. So uh, you don't think Franklin's funny? No. Oh, see, and I'm not the only one when I watch. I make friends. fun of him. Yeah, I just think he's annoying. Right. See, I, yeah, I never got that. He just he he cracks me up because of, of that personality. Even going he's bugging out. Even going like that. Yeah. To me, I didn't go, oh, <laughs> like, I didn't do that. I just looked at him and went, okay, so that's what he does. Yeah, but Dave laughs at The Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> this shit's comedy. 
so we mentioned Evil Dead. That's a huge one. Yes. Um, the humor changed the entire character oh. of Ash. I've never seen, you know, a character ch- be such polar opposites. <laughs> you know, that is not the guy from part one. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people don't like part two. And it's weird because I can't imagine caring or being that into Ash without the person he is in part two and three. Like, if you just said, if just Evil Dead existed, I can't see anybody caring about Ash. He's not uh, charismatic, funny, or particularly interesting. I mean, maybe I'm just forgetting the movie or something, but I just don't recall thinking very much of him, and it only clicks when he just lets loose and gives the world what he's the best at. You know, that physical comedy and that whole shtick which is perfect in part two and i guess three also so anyway that changed tone and so far we're just going with humor here it seems that uh all horror has been and probably evil dead 2 is probably around 86 as well i'm gonna guess 87 but it was probably filmed in 86 okay see let me just say one thing about evil dead 2 if there was no sequel to evil Dead, nobody would be talking about ash it would just be another horror movie the Mm -hmm. evil dead so nobody right. would be talking about it. The only reason Ash is talked about is because it became a, a franchise. You mm. know, so that's why it's discussed. And I hate to say it, but I think more people prefer Evil Dead 2 to Evil Dead 1. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. And I'm not one of them. I, I, I like the first one better. Mm-hmm. I respect that they discovered a talent in Bruce Campbell and saw how good he was at their physical comedy, like Alex said. And oh, the stuff know. he was doing in 2 and, and Army of Darkness, he, he didn't become a character. And he was great. I just wish that it was in a different uh, a different kind of movie i guess because mm. i love the first one for what it is you know and the second one's really good too i just wish they toned down the comedy a smidgen and three you know three three what well, army of darkness is what it is it's fun <laughs> it's not a horror movie. no it's an adventure but it's fun what do you yeah. think matt hmm? do what what do you think about uh um well i'm <clears throat> An Evil Dead purist, I enjoy the first one more. I, I just think it's a frightening film. And you're right, Ash is not a, a lead character in that. And I, I think that's just um, a problem with the guys being young filmmakers and not, they just set out to make a film. It's like, well, make a horror movie. They weren't focused on, you know, bringing the, char- the, the characters to real life, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Whereas they saw the opportunity, hey, what can we do with this? Well, it's kind of a one-man show now with this guy. Let's let's make him the show. And so that's what they focused on. And it worked. I think it worked beautifully. Uh, same thing with uh, Texas Chainsaw and Texas Chainsaw 2. And you're right yeah. about the comedy, too. We have discussed this just comedy, and it does tend to do that. But it's strange. Usually when something changes tone, sometimes it changes right back. But I guess that's another show, you know? What do you mean? Because, well, Evil Dead 2 became what it became. Uh, pardon me, Texas Chainsaw. I don't Chainsaw think it changed. Oh, yeah, Texas. Okay, let's talk about that. Right. Texas Chainsaw going back in 3. And, right. What do, you, what do you think of that? It was boring to me. To me, the movie was just boring, so I, I, could, I could care less, honestly, about that. I, I didn't get back into the franchise again until fucking... Remake. Yeah, and I wasn't even a big fan of the remake. I liked the, the what do you call it? I liked the prequel better, but that's me. Well, Matt, what do you think of this? If 
if a franchise changes tone and it takes you out of it, can, can they bring you back? I say absolutely because look at look at uh, Child's Play. Like, how many twists and turns has that fucking franchise gone through? And we've all been on record saying the latest one was so great because they, quote-unquote, brought it back, you know? Oh, yeah, 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 Exactly. Johnny Gore! That's top five horror movies of all time. You heard it here, Johnny Gore! No more shout-outs, guys. Oh, yeah, sorry. He's going to hate turn on us. Yeah. Yep. They'll team up with Darnell. They'll fucking they'll team up after all that. Sh- oh, sorry, I'm not supposed to mention that. Jesus Christ! I just sorry, want sorry. to know how come we're not talking about Halloween yet? Because <laughs> Halloween, I hate to admit this, but Halloween actually stole from Friday the Thirteenth, <laughs> and that is about the only way that changed tone to me. In part four, when it tried to become like Friday the Thirteenth, what do you guys think of that? Your impression is way too coherent. <laughs> uh, don't look at that ketchup bottle on my dishwasher. <laughs> yeah, what? Washing my clothes with fucking ketchup. Pay no attention to that ketchup behind me. Oh, I know why. Did you ever see that commercial when they show ketchup going on something, then they wash it like Thai, and it's a commercial, like a before and after? Yeah, maybe sure. he was doing a commercial. He's filming commercials? Awesome. Yes, well, they, I didn't think he gets so much sponsorship. That's how he gets so many hits on the fuck on the YouTube pages. So now he does Tide commercials. I got ketchup over here. I'm going to put it on my pajamas. We have commercials all the time. Sundown sacks, uh, <laughs> Splash Guard. I mean, fuck. It's pretty interesting. Halloween never changed tone unless you want to just say, okay, they did. They ramped up the gore. So from Halloween 1 to 2, do you guys prefer Halloween stay in the world of suspense? Or do you feel that it was a good tone to move to, uh, you know, the slasher craze, the blood and gore? I like the – I want both. You know, I don't I don't think there's a a good answer to that because I want slashing, but I love the suspense. Uh, unfortunately, they never really got the suspense as good as Carpenter did. So why not go the slasher route? So it was a smart move then. I think so. Yeah, because they they couldn't do it. Probably that's the that's problem. what I mean. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Halloween '78 is a one-off movie. You're not going to repeat that again. It's too good to fucking be repeated. Almost, it's just it's just a moment in time that can't be recreated. So it's almost good that they didn't try to recreate that and. Thank goodness that Friday the 13th came, and then Halloween 2 decided to have an get slashery. Because could you guys imagine another serious, like another suspenseful Halloween without John Carpenter there? I just don't think they could have pulled it off. It probably would have fell on its ass. Well, seeing as how Rick Rosenthal directed uh, Dick Warlock, I'm going to go ahead and say I think he should stay away from anything that's uh, actual filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> and he should, he should No, slower! No, you're going too fast. No, no, act like you don't even care if she gets away. There you go. Better. Uh, what? You're caring. <laughs> good, good, good. No, you can walk. Just don't stand there. You're caring. Well, what yeah. about Jason Lives? Think about that. No, I'm sorry. As far as we're talking change of tone, it changed tone in six and then it really wasn't repeated again. Right. That was like um, a standalone thing. 
Well, I don't know. How do you feel a girl th- levitating shit, throwing couches around? I mean, that's that's not ever. I've never seen that happen in real life. Uh, right. So clearly, that has to be a, a joke, right? So like, like I don't know. And t- t- Jason walk around Manhattan, and nobody uh, bothers him or stops him. Yeah. Or, and he or lifts I, up his mask and scares them. That that was pretty uncharacteristic. Yeah, that has to be comedy. I mean, let's face—we never really thought about this, but those two things—they have to be comedic. Like, they, you gotta be kidding, right? Well, they tried to play the new blood straight. That's what tried, I'm but why add an element of absurdity? If you're going straight, <laughs> you got a guy who's been living at the bottom of a lake come out. This is ridiculous. I can't believe they brought in this fantastical element into this franchise. <laughs> Can we take this seriously now? When he dug him up, nobody was kidding around. <laughs> oh shit! I guess the time has just changed in the franchise movies too. You know. Yeah, it was and, like and, you said, the times. Yeah, eighty-seven the, and on. Mm-hmm. Well, let's focus on what you said. How you said it was Halloween was a moment in time. Um, Halloween, like just like you know how people say that if Halloween was released today, and let's just say nobody saw it, so figuratively, it's a brand new movie. It was put in theaters today. It would not fly because audiences don't want that. You know, they don't want to sit there and just watch a guy behind a car and tra- trail people in the car and be by a bush. The, you know, we think it's great. And who knows if we would think it was great if it came out today. Let's also think that. But the point being, when you said moment in time, is that by the time they were making the Halloween sequels, that was also done. That whole type of horror. It was slasher time. You know, another suspenseful Halloween couldn't really hang with the, with the movies that were coming out at that point. It's who, want, who wants that when you could watch Kevin Bacon get his throat uh, an arrow through his and then you watch a head chopped off and you could watch uh, you know throat slit and people slit down the middle? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> split <laughs> where? <laughs> split straight down the middle between his legs, through his balls, through his stomach. Uh, it, it's the whole thing of of what does the audience want and the filmmakers trying to give the audience what they want but the filmmakers should know that what the audience wants quote unquote isn't necessarily what they want for a good movie like yes of course we want to see more more gore more tits more 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 but if it was just that then you wouldn't like it you know you have to have the the balance and so i think that's where a lot of these films go wrong like friday six is they just try to do that too much? Well, this is what this is what they want, so let's give it to them. And then, you know, at the time, yeah, people loved it, but you know, guys like us were like, this this film doesn't work because of that. Right. Yeah. It's the difference between running with it and running it into the ground. There's a fucking fine line there. And <clears throat> what about Scream? You think Scream changed tone? Oh, yeah. Part. Uh... Three, right? You think it was a... Oh, sorry. Um, right? you, you think three just uh, became too comical? Or, or just too ridiculous? Mm, I don't think it changed tone. I really don't. I just think I just think it got bloated with what it was trying to do. It's too long. There's too many ideas going on. 
Um, same with like to bring in a. I fucking really hate to do this right now, but uh, it's another Sam Raimi franchise, Spider-Man Three. How that's like, mm. you know, I mean, so many character. It's just so bloated that you 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 the weight of it just drags it down. I don't think Scream Three really changed tone. I think it held tone uh, throughout yeah. all the movies. Yeah, maybe I was just trying to say it sucked there. <laughs> but, but, but then again, part two, you know, we thought that was a good movie. And then we, you know, took a closer look for that retrospective. And part two isn't really that good, uh, according to me and the skeleton crew. I hear you. <laughs> you know, I hear you. It, it wa- we thought it was before we, we reviewed it. You know, mm-hmm. just like Pet Cemetery, uh, I thought that was uh, phenomenal. All of a sudden I started looking at this like, what the fuck is happening here? What about Ghoulies? Wasn't the second one like a comedy, whereas the first one was like serious? I don't remember yeah. them particularly, but... Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Ghoulies too. Because part two, that's when they got the cover of them coming out of the toilet, right? And everybody knows that. <laughs> but part one didn't have that shit, right, Alex? I think part one also had it, but part two had two of them coming out of the toilet. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like I'm joking, right? No, I'm serious. Oh, well, here's another one. How about Gremlins and Gremlins 2? Total tone change. But uh, that's another, like, Evil Dead 1 and 2 scenario. I think Gremlins 2 is, it's not as good as the first one, but it's still a phenomenal film just because it's very self-referential and very intelligent. Yes, Uh, I was just going to say, it's smart. yeah, Yeah, it's really a smart movie for being so fucking wacky. Uh, yeah, but... brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was in there. He stood up in the audience. Put that movie back on. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that was so funny. Yeah, I agree. That's just uh yeah, but you're talking big budget real people here. This is not people who can't get a job so they're going to make a horror film. These are real uh, uh talented professionals making a movie. I mean, it's I mean, what what what's the option? What you, people could look at part 1 as ridiculous and and outlandish and uh humorous you know i mean it's not exactly drop dead serious right 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 right. it's just yeah i guess it goes back to the thing where it just has more uh there's more variety and so therefore just by having more the weight of it uh you know changes it yeah house that's a big one now i wonder if you two guys are a huge fan of house too i've actually seen that movie quite a bit it was one of those that got a lot of airtime on hbo and it's fucking ridiculous it's one of those films where yeah i kind of enjoyed watching it as an eight-year-old or whatever but if i watched it now it would be just it's like trying to watch cartoons now it just i can't do it well like cartoons made for kids today you know, right. I can watch cartoons from my youth and like them, but cartoons that come out Teenage now, like, Ninja Turtles, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Heroes in a Half Shell. <laughs> but that yeah. that movie tried to do something. It tried to make a like a western. Like the main oh, ghoul God. was like a cowboy, right? His Dude, grandpa I, or some shit. What? You know, we did a, a commentary on House, video commentary. You can watch that Skeleton Crew, and that's one of my favorite. That's the movie I grew up on. Like, that was, like, my horror thing. It was that and Friday 2. So House is very important to me. You know, when I heard House 2 was here, I was like, well, great. Wow. <laughs> and it comes on this, this tape where I'm trying to buy the first one. I got another one. Awesome. I don't think I have ever 
in 20 years made it past 20 minutes. <laughs> really? Oh, Never. Did you see the like weird worm animal? Does when does that come in? Nope. Oh, oh, uh, catter puppy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that you said, it, I feel like I've seen it. Oh, That's the only good thing about that thing, the oh, catter puppy. Oh my god! I only saw it once. It looks like a glow worm. Yeah. Glow worm comes back again. Nice. Yeah, so I'm gonna say that was a terrible. But then again, uh, it just like we said earlier, it took an existing element, which is humor, which is in house. And ran it into the ground instantly. Ooh, I got one. How about Chud and Chud Two? Ooh, but oh, the Chud. Man. I Tw- couldn't watch more than twelve minutes of Chud Two. Same here. Oh my god! I'm like, what the fuck is this? You took a movie <laughs> and then put the Chud name on it. Fuck you. This it was right. horrible. Yeah. Oh I watched it this past Halloween for fucking because it was supposed to be based on. Actually, it was kind of based on Halloween. So I watched it because I was watching all them damn Halloween movies. Sucker! Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because it was like a fucking trauma movie. Like cheesy like a trauma movie, but without the sleaziness of a trauma movie. So it had nothing going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was terrible. Terrible. I got a really good one. Wreck. The Wreck series. Ooh. That changed tone in Wreck 3. Oh, yeah. They did bring in a lot of uh, humor and stuff to that. Well, I mean, they changed the style of the film, of the franchise itself. That's true. They they dropped the handheld after a little bit in the movie. Yeah, and in, and even then, the characters were, they were almost Ash, you know, they were like superhero like kind of. Yeah. Uh, not not that much, but you know, more so than the previous films. Then you had the two falling in love. They were. I understand. It's okay to have a love story, I guess, but. When they were lovey zombies and shit, you know, and here's the deal: it's still a good movie. It's just not in the power of the first two. But as far as changing tones, there's no question that series changed tones in in Rock Three. And And it was a good idea or a bad idea? Bad. Yeah, I would say bad. Oh yeah, because Rock Two is one of my favorite sequels of all time. (laughs) Right, and I heard Four didn't recover any, so I still haven't seen it. Me neither, but I, I heard it yeah. didn't recover. I haven't heard good things either. No. Um, so we said uh, Psycho did not change. Uh, how about Amityville Horror? Now we know it got worse. Oh, you know, I'm actually wrong. I keep glossing over Psycho. It did change tone. What am I, stupid? Uh, part three is clearly different than the first two. Slashery. Slasher, sleazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Right? That type of thing. So what do you guys think? Uh... Was it a bad thing? Do you... No, here's why it's not bad. Because they kept their integrity. Um, The main character, Norman Bates, never really changed throughout any of the films. Right. It was the situations around him. And so that's why I think it's more... With that, it's more grounded. He never really changed. If he was saying one-liners... And, right. and, and, you know, saying, you know, welcome to primetime Duke and shit like that, then it would be totally different. But he was always grounded. You think I'd not be on primetime? <laughs> you think I wouldn't be on primetime Duke? That's pretty good. And no one must know. Right. No one must see me at five o'clock. <laughs> oh, shit. We did about, like, believe it or not, 15 franchises, so we did pretty good. Oh, Jaws, yeah. real quick. Let's do Jaws. Uh, 
change tone. Um, mm. Yeah, it wasn't part... That's just a, a situation where it's in the hands of lesser filmmakers. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you can't... Who's going to come in behind Steven Spielberg and think, I got this, no well, problem? Part two, part two sort of was all right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But I think probably because it kept the same atmosphere, it literally. The and s- cast. Is, yeah, the same cast, the same, almost everything. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what made it work. Well, but point. really, I mean, that that kind of got into slasher territory because you all of a sudden had a bunch of kids in that one, right? Wouldn't you say that? It was like all of a sudden, you know, because slashers are all about, you know, oh. the youth and stuff that's like that. That's true. And they, they had a big group of kids in that movie, whereas right. the first one, it wasn't really about kids per se. It was about adults. Yeah, they just killed that kid, Alex. Mm-hmm. Wait, they did make oh, yeah. it slashery. You're right. They did. That's a good point. Yeah, and there was more blood, and there was more... Yeah, it was just more. It was more slashery. Mm-hmm. The villain said, welcome to primetime, bitch. <laughs> Can you imagine Jaws? <laughs> hey, 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 guys. <laughs> it's me, <I'm> Jaws. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to kill you now. <laughs> now you're swimming with power. <laughs> yeah, imagine if he does the, uh, the, the score. Oh, here I come. da da like every time he eats a kid, it just keeps racking up the hundred points above his head. Yeah, that would be. It's me, Jaws. Hello. Jesus Christ. Well, what about anyway. sleepaway camp. You think they changed? Oh, that? great. Oh, how could we forget that? I didn't. Well, yeah, we're still doing this. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe we stopped recording. Oh, wait. No, we didn't. Yeah, uh, I think that is an example of a tone change that was perfect. It worked. Thank you. Good night. Yeah, because you couldn't do the first movie again. Just the nature of it. You had to change. Because of who the killer was. Yeah, where are you going to go with that story? Right. What are you going to do? Make make, uh, her son who drowned years ago come back and be the killer doesn't work i'm avenging my sister <laughs> yeah yeah peter you know you know who peter is he's the he's the situation's brother or something like that hmm? oh yeah brother? oh from jersey shore yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah no right. not the word that dave always said <laughs> Ding. right yeah um <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that was perfect, and it was perfect because it was 86, and uh, they just nailed it. Um, the delivery from Pamela Springsteen was so perfect because it just gave you an an inside look at her nonchalant. It just flowed perfect. It, it was seamless. So that's the best word I could say. It was just seamless to me. What can you imagine? I and I know it was, it was a different time, and I'm sure that these sequels were straight to video, so it's it's kind of it's just different. If they did this shit today, like, um, I don't know, Insidious, let's say, all of a sudden started doing this, what Sleepaway Camp did, it changed. The main character was a totally different person, 
and, and just acted completely different than everything else. Like, we would fucking lose our shit. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Are we hypocritical or what? <clears throat> no, it's just that back then you were so happy to be getting anything because you didn't even know about it. You went to the video store and all of a sudden there's a movie. Like, oh my God, they made another sleepaway camp. Right. And you put it in and you watched it. And unless it really sucked, you probably didn't complain. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was like finding a, a treasure. It's like going to a swap meet or something or, a, you know, and just like fi- like flipping through and like, wow. And it just seems uh, there's so much mystery to it. And it's so exciting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, instead of going online and just typing in, uh, you know, some franchise and, oh, look, they made four of these. Who the fuck even knew that? You know, like it's just uh, a chicken thumb. It's just uh, it's just different, you know. It's just uh, it's like a magical time, you know. Back then, things were just different, man. Hmm. You know. Hmm? Now somebody wipes their ass. A producer on a on a movie that is two years away. Some guy wipes his ass, and fucking we're reading about it on Facebook. Oh, right. new news! This is happening. So we're seeing everything every fucking step of the way. Where back in the day, when you went to the video store and it was there, it was there. That that was it. You yep. were happy. That's that's the difference now. Sad but true. Yeah, people just don't appreciate anything Ooh. like they did <laughs> before. <laughs> you fucking kids, you don't understand. <laughs> Everything's available to you in one way or another. Even if it's not officially available, someone uploaded it somewhere. It just doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, that's true. There, there was films that we just only talked about or read about for years and just yeah exactly yeah, yeah. it's really crazy we're old guys well let's uh i guess wrap this up uh i just want to first of all thank you guys for saying uh more than uh-huh yeah mm-hmm. yeah no that no yeah dude so, so thanks and i guess we'll wrap it up in the movie we just uh well you guys just talked about exorcist uh, a show ago exorcist did it change tone there's uh what four official well, there's five technically uh, but the the last two are sort of the same movie sort of <laughs> two has uh james earl jones and a lot of locusts <laughs> uh and the same girl came back and i don't I think that was a serious movie. I never really made it through, but... And three... Try to be. And three was in a hospital, I I recall. Here's what... Okay, three... I I don't want to say three brought it back, but it kind of did. But you know what's funny is that uh, William Peter Black... I, I realized that when... I realized this whenever we did the review last show is that you have the the cop in The Exorcist, the first one, and he's uh, a secondary character, and he could probably be eliminated from the film altogether. I don't think he's really a necessity. But in part three, the cop is the main character, and it's kind of funny to take that one little element from part one and put, put it as the main focus in, or the main <laughs> character in part three. And I think that has a lot to do because I'm pretty sure uh, Blatty directed Exorcist 3. And so that truly was his uh, baby, uh, Part 3. That's just a thought I had, yeah. He wrote Legion prior to that, yeah. so that's what it's all about. You know, it's kind of like what they did in Saw, remember? <laughs> Any minor character? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like, what other character can come back and possibly be the villain or whatever? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's yeah. ring this fucker. <laughs> There's more blood in this. Don't be in a rush to stick it up your crack. Banana Laser will be right back. Damn, she's looking hot today. Well, take a run at her, kiddo. Ah, fuck that. She's a dirty slut. Believe me, I know that firsthand, but she is a great lay. Oh man, that's right. I forgot you fucked her after Kim's birthday party. You lucky bastard. Oh fuck, really? I hope you wore something. Dude, I heard she has herps. Actually, no, she has crabs, but uh, I was covered. Oh shit, herpes, crabs. Ah, she's hot, but she's not that fucking hot. No fucking way, you better stay away. Hold on, Mike. Rubbers don't protect from crabs. Or herps. Fred, Fred, Fred. You gotta have more faith, buddy. I told you I was covered. Now you're not making sense. What did I just tell you? It's not safe. It's a fact. Crabs jump on hair and herps are all over the body. Yeah, man, he's right, you know. Have you been checked? It was over two weeks ago. Guys, relax. This is 2014. I got me a few packages of Splash Guard at home. I keep one in my car at all times. I don't take chances with girls like her, man. Splash what? You mean you guys haven't heard? Splash Guard, man! From the kneecaps to the navel, we got you covered. Are you serious? Let me get this straight. You wear a full body condom that covers your entire body? That's gotta suck, man. Is it even worth it? Listen, guys, it's awesome. It's not made of latex. It's the finest sheep intestine you could buy. It feels fucking great. All you do is step into it, pull it up like pants, you simply cut a slit where your cock is, and push it through. The condom part is optional. I go without. Just go to your physician and get yourself fitted, man. It's that simple. Well, if that's good enough for you, then it's good enough for me. That's the spirit. Hey, Jason, where are you going? Pardon me, guys. I have a girl I gotta go talk to. Thanks, Splash Guard. That's right. Herpes and crabs can jump over condoms, but not Splash Guard. We've got you covered from kneecaps to navel. We've got you covered from kneecaps to navel. Splash Guard. <laughs> I was 36 going on 37, the first time I saw a dead human being. It happened in the spring of 2015, a short time ago, but only if you measure in terms of weeks. I was recording in a small studio called the Laser Lounge. There was only three people, but to me it was the whole world. Hey, it's the boss man Bob Cormier here. It's a beautiful Friday morning. It's 90 KLAM degrees and getting hotter. Up the ladder with another platter. It's Bobby Day with Rock and Robin. It's Jim Rummy, come on. Feel him up. How do you guys know an Italian's been in your backyard? Hey, I'm Italian, okay? Your garbage cans are empty and your dog's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I just say I was Italian? I knocked. Shit! 29. 22. Piss on a midget. Maddie's out. <laughs> oh, Maddie just screwed the pooch. <laughs> Come on, man, deal. Dave Z was the craziest guy we hung around with. He didn't have much of a chance in life. His ex-wife was prone to fits of rage. One time she held Dave's dick to a stove and almost burned it off. I knock. You pie-eyed pile of shit. A pile of shit has a thousand eyes. <laughs> what? What? What's so funny? Come on, I've got 30. What do you got? 16. <laughs> Go ahead, keep laughing. You're down to your ride, pal. Alex was the legend of our gang and the asshole. He came from a bad podcast, 
and everyone just knew ours would turn out bad, including Alex. That's not the secret knock. I forget the secret knock. Remember that? Mahoney. Come on, you guys, open up. Oh, man. You guys, you're not going to believe this. This is so boss. Oh, man. Where do you hear this? Where do you hear this? You won't believe it. It's unbelievable. Let me catch my breath. I ran all the way from my house. I ran all the way. Come on, you guys. Listen to me. This is boss. Okay, I don't have to tell you nothing. You guys, hold on. All right, what is it, man? Okay, great. You won't believe this. Sincerely. I ran all the way home. Screw you guys. Forget it. What is it? Listen, can you guys maybe stay late tonight? I mean, if you tell your women you're going to record the show late or something? Yeah, I think so. Except my fiance's kind of been on a mean streak, you know? She's been drinking a lot lately. You gotta go, man. Sincerely. You won't believe this. Can you, Matt? Yeah, probably. So what are you pissing and moaning about, Mahoney? I knock. What? You liar. You ain't got no pad hand. You didn't deal yourself no pad hand. Make your draw, shit heap. Hey, you guys want to go see a dead body? Continuing our Rolling Through the 70s segment, and we've got another doozy of a movie here from 1974, Deranged. Quick synopsis based on the Ed Gain case, a deranged 
rural farmer becomes a grave robber and murderer after the death of his possessive mother, whom he keeps her corpse, among others, as his companions in his decaying farmhouse. Uh, it, this movie stars Roberts, Roberts? Roberts Blossom as Ezra Cobb or the guy from Christine who loves the smell of pussy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so glad to see this guy back in another film. I was watching it in the first fucking five minutes in. It's driving me nuts because I'm remembering this voice. I'm like, I know it from something and it's something I've seen a lot, but I'm thinking, I'm looking at him. I go, I just can't. And what could it be? Because this movie's so old and it's driving me nuts. <laughs> Finally, I go to IMDb after about half an hour. I said, I got to find out. I tell my wife, I got to look. And I'm flipping through and I'm seeing this an appearance here. And then suddenly Christine, I'm boom. I go, that's him. Crazy. The guy in the corset or whatever. Except for maybe pussy. Yeah. He's wearing a corset. Yeah. <laughs> he's also the, the old man in home alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Isn't it something? Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Uh, but he plays a great psycho in this movie, mm-hmm. mainly because of his look and the, uh, just the whole, I mean, you've seen, if you guys haven't seen this movie, You've seen what he looks like in Christine and how wiry and thin he is and just how kind of chiseled his face is. And he just has that, like, thousand-yard stare or whatever. Mm-hmm. He just looks crazy all the time. <laughs> yeah. So he's perfect for this. He has this amazing ability to bring you into his headspace. Like, you could, uh, you can picture this all being normal reality in his head. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like a weird thing, a weird draw. He has a weird way of drawing you in. Mm-hmm. We were talking about tone change, and I'm, okay, so let me back up. I've I mentioned on the last show that you can get this movie on the combo DVD pack of Motel Hell and this film, which was how I've had it for years and never watched it. Uh, you can also find it on YouTube. We'll probably put it on our YouTube channel, but. It, th- this film is so weird because I expected this to be a straight-up horror flick. I really did. Even though it was paired with Motel Hell, which is fucking super camp and, you know, lots of cheese. This movie, I didn't... I, I expected horror, and then after ten minutes, I was like, wait a minute. there's These are jokes, right? Are they... Do you think they intentionally meant it to be that way in this film or not no you don't think so you think it's funny it's funny because even like let's say anything (laughs) like anything in the first 40 minutes is like a joke in this movie seemingly you got a a narrator who not only doesn't really need to be in this movie he's physically in the movie (laughs) like that's a fucking joke within itself he's walking into scenes and sitting down and looking at the camera that is fucking vintage rod sterling right there i was just gonna say that wow oh wow it's 100 sterling yeah it's amazing Yes, but would Rod Serling say things that we clearly see on the screen? Like at one point he's like, and he's he's going to go dig up his mother now. It's like, yeah, no shit. We're watching that. Why are you here? <laughs> In that situation, it's not necessary. But for some of the exposition... It was good to know, like what he was saying in the beginning about how his mother had a stroke, and then for 12 years he waited on her. My name is Tom Sims. I'm a newspaper columnist. 
Several years ago, I covered firsthand the incredible story you are about to see recreated in this motion picture. It is a human horror story of ghastly proportions and profound reverberations. But because it is human, perhaps we can learn something from it, something of ourselves, of our own fears and needs. But please, let me warn you, the events have been recreated in detail. Nothing has been left to the imagination. It is not a story for the squeamish or the faint-hearted. Now that you stand warned, we can proceed with our story. It is the story of Ezra Cobb, murderer, grave robber, necrophiliac perhaps, or as you may remember him from those stories of long ago, the Butcher of Woodside. There was no other way to know that unless he told it to us. True. I, I found it fascinating because at first I thought... Okay, this guy's giving background. Then he kept popping up here and there. And I thought it was stupid. I'm like, this is stupid. Why is he doing But then I realized, okay, this shit is hilarious. Like, every time he just pops in, it pops in and starts talking, it's funny to me. Because, well, the, like, he doesn't need to be there. Well, the funniest part is when he said, I don't have all my powers yet. I'll have Jason have a little fun. <laughs> that was awesome. No, no, seriously, uh, there was one really funny part that I noticed uh, last night. Where this dude, I think it was the scene where he was eating the fried chicken and dipping it in peanut butter and talking <laughs> to his mom about something. I think it was after his dead after he brought the head of his old teacher and set it for his mom for company. Um, the guy goes there and he's, sit, he's standing in front of the bed talking to us. And this crazy guy is looking at his mom. Then all of a sudden he just seems to start looking at the guy talking. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Like, does he oh hear, does he see him? Yeah. Is this guy just another part of his psychosis? <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's why this works. Because it's almost like, and here's, I really appreciated it because you always hear news stories or old legends about, you know, Bundy and Gacy and all these guys or whatever. But this guy is like telling us and we're we're getting to see it actually transpire right in front of us. It's it's so cool, like the way it's stories, but look, it all happened, you know? And that's how I kind of appreciated what they were going for. I mean, that's what they're doing, and that's how I took it, and I loved it. Why didn't – why do they change? Why do they do it? <laughs> <laughs> why, why, did they, why didn't they make Ezra Cobb the main character? Why is he not Ed Gain? Why – did they change it? Like, was he still alive at this point? So they didn't want to, I don't know, uh, make an exact thing of his life and they changed it or what? I don't know. It seems weird, does it? Because it's like, from everything I know about Ed Gain, this is fucking pretty accurate to Mm -hmm. what happened. Have you seen the movie? The Ed Gein movie? No. You you really should, especially after seeing this. It's just called Ed Gein and fucking Steve Rails back plays him and it's a uh, it's easily the best movie about a serial killer that's named after the serial killer that i've seen really good steve rilsbeck is also the guy that played charles manson in helter skelter better so than freddy versus jason <laughs> <laughs> better than halloween because you know halloween was actually based upon a real serial killer that's why it's better than friday the 13th <laughs> yo man he ain't no mama's boy yeah, this guy is a mama's boy, man. Like, how can you say Derange is good? It's a mama's boy, man. Yeah, yeah, he is. This guy is the ultimate mama's boy. 
Well, oh, aren't e- they all? even more so than Norman Bates. Well, that's just it. All these fucking movies that are based on Ed Gein, it's ridiculous. Texas Chainsaw, Psycho, Silence of the Lambs, this movie, and then the Ed Gein movie, of course, it's based on his life. But it's like the influence from one fucking man and what he <laughs> I... did, it's ridiculous, the, the stamp that he's had on horror. I mean... Yeah, I gotta say, I really appreciate his contributions. No offense <laughs> to the victims here, but... Uh... Well, this is... this. I mean, honestly, this is some fucked up shit. Yeah. So yeah, thank you, Ed Gain, for all your contributions. <laughs> it wasn't for nothing. Did you ever know that you're my hero? <laughs> okay, this movie didn't it come out? Isn't Texas Chainsaw? Chainsaw. Chainsaw. The Shawshank. What? Did they come out the same year? This movie and that movie. Yes. Yeah, which is strange, isn't it? It's very strange. Not the not mm-hmm. the fact that it pulls a lot of the same ideas, but. There is one scene in particular yep. that is so, so reminiscent of Texas Chainsaw because it has the dinner uh, scene. The dinner scene. It has the 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 music tones are almost identical. It's scary that it was they just made it at the same time. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. And what do you think of the uh the music to this movie? It's like the creepy Google? Funeral organ music. You know what it sounds like? The the first three notes sound like the fucking song from Poltergeist 2 that the old guy Kane sings. God is in his holy temple. That, 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 that part, that... I'm telling you, it, it sounds a lot like it. Go back and watch it now that I've told you, and you'll, you'll catch on. It's weird. Tone change. How about Poltergeist 3? <laughs> come on. Um... How about this, Matt? You mentioned they both came out the same year. Do you think that what was the name of Leatherface? Would they call him in the uh, part one? Bubba. No way. That was Junior. No, was part or two. Okay. Do you think? Well, either way. Leatherface. Okay. Do you think? Do you think Leather Leatherface was better than Ezra? <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, yes. Yeah. Ezra. Uh. Well, thanks for listening, Lasers. That's the end of the podcast. Uh, we we can't do any better than that. So uh, see you on episode 47. Good night. Bye, guys. <laughs> it was good watching Deranged. It was so good. Oh, that song's God. been on my fucking mind for four hours. Since Me I watched too, that movie. dude. That song was on my mind all day yesterday. I was singing it. I, I just watched the movie like fucking four hours ago, and I was talking to my wife about it. After the movie <laughs> ended, she watched it with me. I said, do you remember Better Than Ezra? She's like, no. And then I, I She's like, no, I'm black. And I played her <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck. I remember The Chronic. <laughs> <laughs> No, but she knew the jam better than Ezra. I had to fucking YouTube it. Like, oh, yeah, that's it. Uh, that's funny. But, yeah, yeah. So, And then I played it, and then it was in my head for fucking hours. I was singing it to myself and everything. <laughs> oh, man. I want to get back to and see if you guys agree with me that I, I think that the once you accept the fact that most of this movie, not most, maybe half of it, is like straight-up comedy... <laughs> In the middle of the movie, it gets serious, right? Like that scene I was talking about where there's a dinner scene and it's fucking really creepy. I mean, it's a creepy-ass fucking scene where 
this uh, chick that he kidnaps basically finds him and wearing skin with a bunch sitting around with a bunch of corpses. Creepy as fuck. But to me, that felt completely out of out of place with the rest of the movie. Um, do you guys agree or not? No. Really? It started serious. I'll give you that. It started serious. The whole thing with his mother and then with her dying and everything else. It was fucked up. And then I found humor in a lot of the lines and the way they were delivered. A and the ton of it. When he Dude. meets the woman. Yeah, that's the humor, there. I thought. The woman. Oh, he, yeah, well, she was Even fucked. before that, his mom right. is like, the wage of sin is gonorrhea, syphilis, and death. I'm dying. No, mama. I'm dying, and that's all there is to it. No, you just need some rest is all. Oh, you be quiet and listen to me. If I go into a coma, if you need any help later, after I'm gone, call Maureen Selby. Maureen's the only woman I ever did trust. She's fat, that's why. A big heifer. As for the rest of them, a lot of filthy black-souled sluts with pus-filled sores. You're such a babe in the woods, a child. I sheltered you too much, I guess. But I just know some money-stealing bitch is going to come along and try to take advantage of you. Remember what I've always told you. The wages of sin is gonorrhea, syphilis, and death. Leave them alone. How is that funny? not a joke? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's, yeah, but you know, if you know that Gene story, that's just how his mother was. So I'm just, as I'm watching this, I'm doing a lot of comparison to the Ed Gein movie and the stuff I know about Ed Gein. So I'm thinking of it from that perspective. And then I'm thinking about Psycho and, you know, what Norman did with his mother. And this is what's going on through my head as I'm watching it. But, I mean, Ed Gein's mother was that way. She was overbearing and about the Bible and and said that everything about women fucking their sluts and, you know, all this other shit. So it wasn't surprising to me because I had all the backstory already. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I don't have that much backstory. But, like, for instance, when... His mom, before she dies, she's lying in bed and talking about, oh, I'm going to die soon, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's you... feeding her? <laughs> yes. Like, come on, dude. He's feeding her the vomit from The Exorcist. Yes! Too. You know what she looked like? You ever see one of the... Uh... Henrietta! Yeah, that too. Speaking of Henrietta lately. 100%. That's what I kept thinking of. Henrietta. Two movies in a row, Henrietta. He looked like... Remember when the Who's were feeding the Grinch pudding in... in uh... <laughs> That movie, and they all kept stuffing the pudding into his mouth, and it was goopy and everything. Right. And the, the Jim Carrey. That's what I was thinking of when I was watching this. Elmore, no more. Come on, fine. Give it to me. Give me. <laughs> That's what I thought she was going to start doing. Speaking of the pea soup and Henrietta and all that stuff, it was really cool how all of a sudden she started puking blood and then she died. <laughs> yeah, it, that was unexpected. Cool... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Savini, the young Tom Savini, doing the effects on this shit. Is that right? Yeah. Uh huh. What? Uh-huh. Yeah, this is Tom Savini shit. And he did a damn good job then, when they do the eye gouging scene and when he takes off the fucking head of the one and the scalp and all that. All huh. the shit that he did. I mean, he was young, but yeah, this is some of Savini's first work. Yeah. Young, oh, dumb, and full of cum. Tom Savini. <laughs> <laughs> a month passed. Six months. A year. Still, Ezra refused to accept the death of his mother. He visited her grave as often as four or five times a week. And at home, at home he continued as though she were only away on a trip. He kept her room neat and clean and made sure the stove was always going so it would be warm. He dreamed about her and in his despair even wrote letters to her. To the outside world, Ez was... 
Oh, a little eccentric, maybe, but basically a normal, decent guy. He quit farming altogether and hired on as a general handyman for his neighbors, and especially his good friend, Harlan Coots. But the loneliness within him had grown to a vast abyss, and the pain of his loss at last pushed him over the precipice and into madness. You know, obviously, uh, really into this movie, it drew me in, and, you know, uh, the fact that he drew me into his headspace, clearly, this is just like psycho in so many mm -hmm. ways. You know, and obviously that's what I'm into. So I appreciated so many elements of this. When are you coming home again? I'm real lonesome, Mama. There's nothing but snow, snow, and the wind blowing, and blowing, and blowing. And it's so cold. And I miss you with all my heart. If you miss me so much, why don't you come and bring me home? And, you know, even though it becomes sort of like, here we go again, the mom overbearing thing and the kids like attached, you know, you got to remember this is 1974 and it was done so well that, uh, I don't know, man, like there's just so many elements to this. And it's so funny how it's always Ed Gein. Like, even if you didn't know that this was based on Ed Gein, it's like so in your face. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy. Yeah, they even called him the fucking, they called him the Butcher of Woodside. And Ed Gein <laughs> in real life was called the Butcher of Plainsfield. Oh, so wow. They took it right out of that fucking How field. about, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I seriously think if this movie just had a laugh track, then you guys would think it, it's hilarious. <laughs> because ser there's so many jokes. Um, I agree. Like, I agree. how about when he's over at his bet, his only friend's house and they're eating and he, this is where he learns about the obituaries yeah. existing. <laughs> That's old Miss Johnson there. What's she doing in the newspaper? Dang it, as I just told you, she's dead. I mean, they put her in the in the paper just because she's dead? What's the matter with you? That's such a danged obituary. Or what? Now, don't tell me you don't know what's an obituary. Well, look, when a body dies, they take all the information and they put it in the newspaper in the obituary section. And it tells when the funeral is and where they're being buried and all that kind of stuff. You mean I can find out where and when somebody's been buried? On the very same day? Right at the end of the tunnel, all right. Yes, sir. You're right, as. Well, I'm going to look into that. I'd rather read the sports section myself. Not me. This here could be real valuable information. Why? Right, what are you planning to do? Dig them up or something? No, sir. Wouldn't have to dig it all up. Well, I'm sure glad to hear that. Well, he was sheltered. Oh my, yeah, so terribly so. Yeah. Yes. But I don't feel sorry for him, though, because of the I, the comedic nature of it all. I guess. Uh, oh, I didn't. I didn't feel sorry for him. I I felt sorry for him because I feel sorry, and it's funny that you mentioned that. I, I was discussing with my wife. I go, really, the only serial killer that I have pity for is Ed Gein, based upon everything I know about the situation. You know that. You know, it was just him and his mother all those years, and she had all this control over him and fed him all this shit, and what, that's all he knew, you know, in so many other cases with an overbearing mother, and that's mm -hmm. all you have. It, he never grew up, and they kept making reference to that. Yeah. Remember, he kept calling him sir and ma'am and this and that. The swing he was set? Just... Right. When, he, when he, he was on the tire, and he had a, he's like 65 years old, and he has a kid pushing him? <laughs> right. You're he a grown man, goddammit. Quit calling me sir. Mm -hmm. Right. And go ahead, fuck a fat chick, will you? <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. That too. part was great. That, he that was supposed that. to be funny. Yeah. Oh, she's fat. <laughs> oh, all the lines. Yeah, I tr I trust awesome. this lady because she's fat. Why? Well, 
Like, how is... I mean, it's hilarious, right? And then when he's talking about her, he's like, uh, uh, you know, I like her fat. You know, I... Yeah. I hate, I, but I'd hate to get stuck in all that fat. You know, like, yeah. what and the said, fuck? Oh, I just got it. It just occurred to me. What? Oh, my God. I was just about to say, because as I was watching the movie, he says, I might have to bring some protection. And when he said that, I'm with my wife, and I said, could he possibly be talking about protection from falling into fat? And I'm thinking, what does that mean? And then I wrote here, literally, here's a question, question mark after that. And then later on, I said he just so happens to bring a gun to that fucking woman's house when protection. he kills her. Yep. That's the protection he was mm-hmm. referring to, and it just clicked right now. I tell you, this show does wonders for me. Wow. <laughs> and meanwhile, I forget everything after a week after we did it. <laughs> it was about his uh, his age, and it's really interesting. As he was, you know, he unearthed his mother a year uh, over a year later, they say. And he's, uh, you know, he's above her and he's going to take her out. He lifts her arm up and, you know, then his reality snaps back and it's it's the dead corpse again. But he got a flash of, you know, mm-hmm. as yeah. if she were alive before that. Now, I'm looking at her and I, I look at him. And I go, how the fuck is this? Is he older than his mom? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. What the fuck? They look the it? same age. They look yeah, like yeah. a married couple. <laughs> I think do. that was just a miscasting no. uh, scenario. Check this out. You know out. what? I 14 looked it up. years. Yep, I looked it up. 14 years. Oh, really? Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I had to find out how old she was compared to him. Yeah. 14 year difference. That's it. Yep. What about Bob Clark? Did you, did you read that too, Alex? No. Bob Clark was approached to direct this movie, and it was right after he did fucking... Um, Death Dream. Christmas. Well, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Black Christmas, children shouldn't play with dead things, Black Christmas and Death Dream. And they approached him to do this. And he declined because he found it too disturbing. Ooh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It is fucking disturbing. I mean... <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I it like how it was shot, so I guess I'm happy how it turned out. Did you like that, that fucking funeral that was a set piece? When, when they go, we, we could have done a fucking... The same thing uh, on, on a stage. You know what I'm talking about? When they were at their funeral, oh. and all you see is three people sitting there and some candles and a box with the lady in it. Yeah, they didn't really have the money <laughs> really? for that scene. <laughs> but they, That was funny. Like, we need something, yeah. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, I like how he tells everybody everything that's really going on. So. Oh my god, it's like... <laughs> The chick, he kills the chick later in the movie, and he tells his friend, well, I know where she is. I got her. <laughs> oh, quit joking around. Yeah, she's there with, I got got her and a, a bunch of people. Yeah. That, that dang fool bar me, that Mary, what's her name? Don't they know they ain't never going to find that girl now? Nothing like that for that long. <laughs> yeah, I'm no better. She ain't missing. Oh, you got a theory, too. She ain't missing. I got her. You got her. I got her. What do you mean you got her? Oh, in my place. Mama, Miss Johnson, not others too. Hey, you cut out that kind of talk? I just didn't want you to worry about her, that's all. Well, I ain't worried about her. Right, exactly. There wouldn't be nothing to worry about anyway if you had her, that's for dang sure. Hey, <laughs> you cut out that crazy talk. I was only joking. It ain't very funny. One of these days, you're going to get yourself locked up in a pokey. 100% Ed Gein, that actually happened, and, and they... They show it in the Ed Gein movie. Really? It's all fucking based. Yeah, it's just it's just the, like same, the same shit. He had a fucked up sense of humor like that. They thought it was the same wow. thing. They just, 
that he just had a fucked up sense of humor and he was kind of strange but harmless. And that's why he would make jokes that way. And I'm telling you guys, really, you've got to go watch that Ed Gee movie now because it's a really good movie. And it's the same thing as this, but just told exactly true to the Ed Gein story. But thank God nobody ever visited his house. Yeah. At one point, he's got an arm nailed to the wall. Yes. Did you guys notice that? <laughs> wow, like that is fucking psycho, man. That you done? Oh, hmm, I got some art here. I need to put put it up. Like just crazy, man. Crazy nuts. Well, it's all the Texas Chainsaw shit with the fucking making the lampshades out yeah, of yeah, yeah, right. skin and all that shit. And they touched upon it here, just like in the Gein movie and. In there, it's all the same shit. It's crazy. Yeah, eventually you got so many parts you can start using them as decor. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'll make a shoehorn out of your shin. I'll make a lampshade of durable skin. After that, Ezra made many visits to the graveyard, bringing home bodies, or parts of bodies, to keep his mother and himself company. He was a ghoul, a necromaniac, a defiler of the dead, but he had not yet turned his sickness on a living victim. It was only a matter of time until he did. You know what was funny? As long as we're talking about the funny shit, how about when he digs up his mother... And he's driving back, and the fucking sheriff pulls him over. By the way, it looks like fucking Kinderman from The Exorcist, the fucking detective. Oh, it? yeah. That, that's Do what you I'm like saying. movies, Ezra? <laughs> <laughs> My wife gets passes. <laughs> but how ridiculous is that? That he fucking peeks, he rolls the window down, and he peeks in to get a whiff of his breath, or if he's been drinking because of his speeding, for whatever reason. Like he'd be drinking, but and smells a year old and smells a fucking dead human being who's been dead for a year, and assumes it's something that he's drinking. What in the hell do you think you're doing, Es? Nothing, sir. Uh, What do you mean? Oh come on, you know what I mean. Well, she wanted to come home, Sheriff. She told me she did. Otherwise, now look, 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 Es. This is a thirty-five mile an hour zone, and you were going fifty if you were going anything. Now let me smell your breath. Good God! What in the hell is that? What have you been drinking, Is God damn! Is that a scotch and water I smell? <laughs> what fucking booze smells like a fucking year-old decaying corpse? The <laughs> good shit, man. <laughs> shit will get you fucked up. And how about what he says to him? Oh, and then he said that's a fucking hog. And then a hog I butchered. And then after he's, after that, you know ends that situation he's driving home and he apologizes to his mother he's like i apologize for calling you a hog <laughs> i'm sorry i called you a hog mama i think we've done <laughs> i think we've done life all wrong we should have fucking approached life as a fucking an imbecile 
and we could have gotten away with murder. Oh. Like, think of all the people we could have killed by now. Right. And even confessed to a cop, <laughs> and we still get away with it. Uh, Jesus well, I, Christ. I had to dig her up and bring her here. What are you talking about? You were going 55. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. You go, wait, dig who what now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry? <laughs> you were going 55. Do you know how many? Wait, what did you just say? God, <laughs> 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 so oblivious. Stupid. Shit. Yeah, um, how about... How about you, for humor? You want to talk about fucking humor? The seance is clearly oh, the, the humor dude, here. This wow. scene is, yeah, it's just ridiculous. So it's the friend of his mother, right? Who's fat? That's the yeah. lady, right? She's fat. She's fat. <laughs> I can trust her. Yeah, it's her. I can trust her. She's fat. That's yeah. a line from this movie. How is it not a comedy? Jesus Christ! <laughs> it was your refrigerator. <laughs> Oh, yeah, a four-way seance she wants to have. No, she wants some dick, capital D. Right. Yeah, how about that? Her husband wants to be cuckled. He's saying, here, fuck my wife, go ahead. No, not even that. She is still in the character of her husband. Right. She's like, it's saying, kiss her, kiss her, and take her. And Come on, stuff. kiss me. What's wrong with you? So she wants to be a guy fucked <laughs> by another guy, Yep. I guess, but oh, not in the butt I'm, and, and I'm the puss. my mind. Oh, fuck. Well, Ezra, why don't we all get together some night and hold a four-way seance? You, me, Herbert, and Amanda. That is, if Amanda's speaking to me nowadays. What do you say? Uh, I mean, uh, all get together and talk? Oh, yes. Oh, it'll be such fun. Herbert's never met Amanda, please. Oh, I don't know. Well, uh, I'll ask her. Make it Thursday night. Shake on it. How about that? You know, normally when these uh, horror movies, you don't normally see the the killer shooting his victims. Like he just he fucking like uh, Clay yeah. Morrow puts Point a fucking pillow over your head and shoots. Your face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Execution style. <laughs> oh, I mean, that was his first real kill, right? In the he, film, yes, I believe so. Yeah, and from then on, he escalates. Uh, he from then he starts stalking. The chick at the bar, mm-hmm. uh, Mary, who is definitely the hottest tale in this movie. But here's the thing. It's not like she's promiscuous in the movie. Like, she rejects pretty much any guy who seems yeah. to be hitting on her. I mean, like... She's what... a waitress, and that's what right. they do. <laughs> right. They flirt, you know? That's she's why she's over fat. the hill. She's not fat. All women that aren't fat are fucking trash. Oh. If you want to find a good woman, she has to be fat. That's so crazy. That's the message that his mother gave him. Because all yeah. the other getting laid so much, they're fucking... Because it's they're not, not fat. I want a She's prequel fat. about his mom and mm-hmm. see right. what happened to her. Jesus well, Christ. It's called the Bates Motel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Watch it now. Fuck if a brother raped her. Boy, if I had a chance, I'd bang her brains out. Look at that ass. And look at them tits. Both of them. I seen tits and I seen tits from Portugal to Yokohama. Now let me tell you, those are tits with a capital T. <laughs> yes. He's that, like, that would be me. If I was old and single at that age, that would totally be me. Man, I would fuck her right now. <laughs> She's five feet away. I'm going yeah, right. fuck the shit out of her. You don't even give a fuck. That would be Dave. Oh yeah, someday it would be. If I was single at that age, why not? What the fuck? You know, but yeah, he did happen to bring a gun for protection. Now we know why. If he didn't bring that gun because she was fat, obviously he wouldn't have killed her. But you know, was she really that desperate? Why didn't she just say "fuck me"? 
She ended up being a hoe anyway. She, even th- though she was fat, she was a fat, horny bitch. I think she was yeah. just fucked. Another fucked up character. I think the death of her husband split her fucking wig or something. She I think split she... her vertically or sideways. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think she definitely was believing that because as a I woman, at a woman, you know, you can fuck any guy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take an elaborate four-way seance. And... Yeah, it, it takes a rock, you throw, walk into a bar, you fucking throw it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but a fat bitch that's been fucking married for years and doesn't have any self-esteem might put on a rouge to fucking to get laid. Ezra, go with her. Do her that favor. Make love to her. It's been so long. She needs it, Ezra. Ezra, she needs it. She needs it, Ezra. That's what I'm saying. So when I'm watching it at first, I think she's believing it, that this is really a seance. And then as it goes on, one thing leads to the other. I'm like, you know what? Uh, I think she just wanted some dick. I believe what Dave's saying because she seemed, you know, she mentioned, like, are you making fun of me? I talked to uh, Edward or whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah. And then... Uh, they do the seance, and it seemed like a ploy just to get dick. Like, hey, <laughs> I'm going to have a seance, and the whole purpose of this is that my husband will be the one who does this awkward proposition of fucking me, and I don't I don't have to be responsible for this awkwardness or uh, anything about it. And uh, I'll just put, I'll, you know, put it on him. You know, he, he told you to fuck me. I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's true. So that uh, that alleviates her feeling like a whore or right. slut or something. Right. Wow. That's so whack job. That's I'll crazy. tell you what, what was funny was fucking his response when she was talking about the fucking, I missed out on um the carnal aspects of our relationship. <laughs> Carnival? <laughs> Carnival? Yeah. <laughs> Carnival. Yeah, the Ferris wheels are great. He's straight from the fucking carnival, this asshole. And then he's telling his mother about her, and he goes, I don't think she's all there. He's telling a dead woman that he's talking to, that this woman that he just met isn't all there. The the (laughs) best? Yeah, who is he to to, to fucking make that assessment as someone else? She's not all there. Well, that that was some of the most hilarious acting from, from the main character, was that when she's fucking... Uh, in the seance bit, she's saying all this shit, and he's looking around the room like, this bitch is fucking nuts. What? Hilarious, man. <laughs> Mom, Mama, I thought I was crazy. How about when he, uh, so he slashes the waitress's tires and gets her in his pickup and heads to his place, and the way he gets her there is to say, well, I got some tires, and you want to have me do it, and these guys will charge you an arm and a leg. No pun intended. No. But, uh, you know, and gets her over there and how creepy it, it, it resembles. It's weird. Well, not weird. I mean, I don't think they did it on purpose, but the, the remake of House of Wax did the same thing when they went to get the belt for the car and the guy just goes into his house and just never comes out. Oh, you know? really? Huh. So so this movie does that. And how creepy and perfect is the lighting and everything about him going in there and just looking back at her and going in, and she, he just never comes back out. And, like, the darkness and just what you see, the mis- the mystery of the house and the that house. That shit I'm- is gold. Oh. Oh, that entire bit yep. is mm-hmm. fucking gold. I mean, yeah. that if I could just rate that bit five stars, hands down. It's so well done. That's the scene we were talking about where it has the music almost just like Texas Chainsaw. 
when she goes in the fucking room. I mean, first she's wandering around the house, and you're seeing this house, the set design. Amazing. It looks so genuine. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the, she walks into this room, and there's clearly corpses there. But I don't know if you guys are like me. You don't realize it at first that he's one of the people sitting there. Yeah, yeah, that, not at first. Yeah. That is a fucking great image, man. So mm-hmm. creepy, effective. You know who he looks like in that scene? Oh. He looks exactly like Bill Mosley yep. in uh, House of a mm-hmm. Thousand. In the first one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy. That it was, was awesome. I wonder if that's where Rob Zombie pulled the look. That's what I was thinking. Wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. yeah. Man, it, but th- when she first went in that room and you just saw those those corpses there, it, all you would have needed was a fucking a clucking chicken in a fucking yeah. cage and it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah. And the only thing they – I mean – yeah, they, I guess they draw from the same source material, but even then, it's still just crazy how similar they are. Like, I feel like even if two people made a movie based on a killer at a camp, you know, <laughs> they wouldn't have this exact fucking moment in there. It's crazy. I guess Ed Gein was big on having dead people sitting around the table. That's it. You know, I mean, think about it. You read that. From some source, and you just prop dead people around a table. I mean, yeah, it, it was a bizarre coincidence that you know he's at the head and she's at the other head of the table, and all that type of stuff, and mirrors Sally at the table. But, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I I can see that happening. It's just so uh, insane that it happened the same year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just crazy. don't get it. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty crazy. Somehow I got my wife to watch this with me. <laughs> You know, and uh, we were laughing at that scene. And then it's funny because when he loosened her up, he loosened the one hand and then the other. And as you see this happening, you see on the table in the very front of the camera, you see a table with a fucking uh, a bottle there. And as soon as she released, as soon as he released her first fucking, you know, uh, her first arm from the table, my wife says, knock the fuck out of him with that bottle. She says, I knocked the fuck out of him with that bottle. Sure enough. Boom, boom, crash, there comes the bottle. Don't go in there, bitch! (laughs) (laughs) And she was all sad at the end because she ultimately suffered the fucking bone death. And she was like, oh, she was strong, I wanted her to get away. I'm like, hey, Mm -hmm. Her name was Mary Ransom. She was 34 years old and, if truth were told, a little over the hill. But Ezra had never seen a woman like her before. Beautiful, promiscuous, with a constant promise of being available, even perhaps to him. Hi, what can I do for you tonight? Just a, a glass of milk. <laughs> well, this is a bar, babe, not a nursery. We don't serve milk here. We serve hard liquor. I, I, I don't drink. Oh, I see you came with the fresh air. I came to see you. The best way for the best defense she had without having a weapon was sort of the one she used. Clearly, he holds these things near and dear to him. The best thing she could have done was, like, literally hold the mom hostage and just sort of walked out of the house and said, I'll rip her fucking ass, stay where you yeah. are. I'll, and, okay, don't hurt her, just leave her. You know, I'll leave her at the door, just don't go near me, I'll tear her fucking half right out. Like, she could have used that to get out of there. She could yeah, have pulled an Amy Steele. Maybe yeah. around to something. She should have fucking played that a little smarter. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like, my, my mom likes you. You're right. She wasted a golden opportunity just to fuck with him. She picked up the mother and he yep. yells, Mama! And then he threw, she, he fucking, she throws her at him. I'm like, what, what's oh, happening? I love those corpses golden. just flopping around like that. That's a good image. <laughs> they look like the evil dead corpses. Or the, the demons or whatever. 
Steroids, remember remember the fucking Muppet that he's Oh Ash, yeah, the, that he hits with the axe. With the axe butt, yeah. <laughs> uh, to me, uh, this is like an hour into the movie. It's a pretty short movie. It's like 70 minutes or something. But to me, this is the peak of the movie, and it never really recovers again. From here, he... He stalks another young, younger female, mm-hmm. and it kind of plays out as the climax of the movie. And but it just doesn't have the same impact. I kind of wish that the they were reversed. Uh, you know, like maybe uh, he stalks the the younger girl first and kind of builds up to this Mary attack. Yep, that's because that's he, the way you played out in real life too. That's, is that right? Oh, this well, is in that a way, true. Okay, well. I'll put it to you this way. Um, the, 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 she did kill a woman at the drugstore and then shoot her, the, and she worked there, and then fucking gut her like a deer and hang her in the barn, and then mm. she was discovered. But it, it was not a young girl. It was, in fact, a fat woman that he'd known for years. She's fat! <laughs> <laughs> so they you know, kind of mix things up in this movie gotcha. in, in, in a manner of speaking. But here's the thing. What's the end climax with, with Mary, though? Just... Her throwing the mom at him and then getting bashed with the with the bone, the leg bone. I mean, is that really a great ending? So you have yeah. to have the ending has to be the exposure and the horror of the discovery of Sally. You know, it had to sort of be that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's mm-hmm. true. It's yeah. just yeah. to me that that that, that piece uh, was just the most exciting point. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. it was. It was the most exciting point. You're right, but Alex makes a good point yeah. as far no, as absolutely. The... Storytelling. The structure Why? of the story. Right. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about Sally's tits and how sweet they are? Yes. <laughs> Jesus what a Christ. idiot she is. Deserve <laughs> to fucking die because she was so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You you got away. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to run to the woods now. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? How about try screaming when your fucking boyfriend <laughs> yeah. and his father are less than probably 100 yards from you and you're just calling him? What was his name? Whatever the fuck. She was just saying his name about this loud. Hey, Brad, or whatever your name is. Hey, I would have been hey, screaming. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> she was not doing shit. And then she gets caught in the fucking, just, what a fucking, how, how about how long it took her to get out of the fucking truck? She wakes up in the fucking back of that truck. And then she sees him, he sees her, and there's like a stare down. She yeah, stares Jesus. at him for like 20 seconds. Why are you staring at the fucking guy? Jump out of the truck and run your fucking little ass off. Yeah, He's not going to exactly. catch you. He's an old man and you're fucking half his age. Run down the street. So, <laughs> yeah. fuck her. She deserved it, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> but she did have nice tits. I just like tits with blood on them. Oh, and the blood. Oh, boy. Didn't you love the way the blood looked? No. Oh, God. I know Alex didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah, Alex, you do. I love it. That, that Italian fucking yeah, red painted super blood. Super bright. Oh, yeah. Why do you like that? It's so much better than the shit they use now. And I just oh, love not. it. It's just, it adds something to the film. It's just, maybe because I'm partial to the Italian movies, and that's what I... That's what you maybe, get, so, yeah. Maybe it's just that. Maybe it's just simple that... that you know, it's an general thing. I don't know. It reminds like, me this isn't real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when I get lost in the movie, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, never mind. Yeah, but is it's better than fucking CGI blood that you get nowadays. Well, yeah, but. You know? I mean, think about that. We see that shit all the time in movies. I'm just thinking about how her tits even hang nice upside down. Oh, God. 
Now, did you any of you guys when you saw her hanging there? Were you thinking you'd just walk up to her and like sixty nine her? Yeah, yeah, I can <laughs> stick my dick right in her mouth, right in her dead cadaverous mouth. She was man. Dead. I want to fuck that chick. <laughs> she wasn't dead yet. You could have done it. What? Oh well, yeah, she was alive. Well, yeah, she only got caught in the beard. Oh no, wait, he oh, shot God, her. I just lost my boner. Fuck it. Wait a minute. <laughs> did he shoot her a second time when he was she was in the trap? Yeah, maybe. Or did he just take her home well, and hang Shit, he missed the first time. He probably grazed her. <laughs> yeah. Well, because then what was the knife for? Just to gut her? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess she didn't move around when he cut her, did she? No. I take it no. back. She's dead. Okay. So, Bone her back. It's back on. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Gonna fuck me a dead girl tonight. Hey, how come there wasn't any necrophilia in this? Yeah, right? I well, mean, they could show him fucking plowing a fucking thing like Alex fucking bin. Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> yeah sure i mean haven't really? they done when that in see... movies I, i'm pretty sure i've seen that in at least one movie i didn't in 1974 you think they're gonna show somebody fucking plowing a corpse Come uh, on. yeah i guess you're right you don't see it now like when no, except I, that movie maybe dead girl. fucking maybe jerry's dead. movies you see him but not in any dead like... girl yeah <laughs> oh dead girl yeah but she wasn't even really dead yeah she was yeah so and she was at least animated and moving around all right, well, um, let's do my favorite part of any movie review discussion and rate the movie out of five severed heads. Dave Z, what do you rate Deranged? I like this movie. Um, it had a few flaws, but it was enjoyable. I don't think it was extraordinary, but I give it a 3.5. 3.5? Three and a half severed heads, yep. Mm-hmm. Right down the right, uh, three heads, and then one cut down the middle sideways. Well, so, okay, it. sideways? Okay. Yeah, so you just get, like, from the nose up. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid. Oh, fuck. Uh, Alex. Um, this is obviously right up my alley. Um, I seem to like Ed Gein-inspired stuff. Uh, I love movies where... The killer can bring you into his headspace, and it's interesting. I, I like killers that talk. Also, um, you know, a lot of slashers they don't. So I like the ones where you can get into get into their headspace in that way, just through their the way they communicate, the way they behave. Uh, so that really draws me in. <clears throat> this movie, I just watched it for the first time about a month ago, and that's how. You know, I knew that when we were doing this, uh, when I knew what year it was, I said, we got to do Deranged. It's it's really good. You guys should check it out. So I watched it again this time. So I, well, the point being that it's not like it's a sentimental favorite of mine that goes back for years or anything. So I can't, like, say I, I love it or anything like that. But, you know, I really liked it. So this is like a strong 4.5, and I will definitely give this more watches, and I recommend it to everybody. Wow. <laughs> That's high rating. Nice. Yeah, holy yeah. shit. That's awesome. The, the um, acting was good. I got to say that, too. The, the, the acting yeah. was pretty solid. So that's another mm-hmm. strong point to it. They all did a pretty good job, I think. Yeah. The the old man it was great in it. And, um, yeah. So I, uh, <clears throat> I, I would say I like this movie. Um, I was sort of taken aback. Uh, I was trying to really nail this home, but you guys kept shutting me down about how this movie changes tone within the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for that, I don't know. It, 
I liked both aspects of it, and it, it just took me a while to get into the mindset of the movie. Um, uh, I, I felt like the end kind of was a little bit of a letdown, sort of, uh, just because it peaked in the middle. Uh, I don't know. I, I enjoyed watching it, so I would say I like it. So I guess that's a three out of five stars, definitely. But at the same time, I don't think I'll ever watch this again. I feel like I got it. Really? Yeah. I, I, I mean, maybe in like 10 years or something, I'll check it out again and laugh oh. or something like that. But it's not just something I, I would put on. I think because it, it's really a serious thing, especially when you know that this is like a real guy and that it, even though it's got like blatant comedy in it and stuff, like this guy is <laughs> fucked up. And that is really scary to me, which I guess should make it better. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I'd just say I like it. Three out of five. So hmm. I will watch it again with some friends because of the I'll have some because I think it's a good movie and because the first half with the laughs. And you know what, Matt? I do believe you're right. I I, I stopped laughing after the yeah. first hour. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it, it's true. Um. The thing is, I didn't agree that it's a change of, of tone per se because it was just a line here and a line there. So I wouldn't necessarily call that a tone. I thought of the it was movie. over the top. Yeah, you know what I mean? It was just an occasional thing that was like, <laughs> I like that. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, but it just seemed like, why would this be here in, in, the, in this movie? You know, I mean, it makes sense to me now why it's paired with Motel Hell on the double because. Right they kind of get along, you know? Uh, I mean, I, this, this one takes a much more serious tone, much more, but I, I get it. Um, yeah, real quick, thanks for saying that again, because I told you guys uh, earlier, after I watched this, for some reason, I just got this hankering to watch Motel Hell. And <laughs> this is without knowing that Matt owned, you know, this by accident because it came with Motel Hell somehow. And too. I had the same one. And you flip it over, right, Matt? Yeah, it's a it's a double yep. disc. It's a yeah, double, double disc. Right. I've had it for years, but then I sold it on fucking on Amazon, and I just burned <laughs> copies. You know, yeah, for a right. Well, yeah. So I didn't know that, and somehow this movie led me to want to watch Motel Hell. But by the time I was done with this, it was so late that uh, I did what every uh, laser should do. And when you're in the mood for a movie and you just don't got time, and you just really want to get a, you just want to uh, what's it called? Just take it in somehow. Uh, I just popped on uh, Banana Laser number one and listened to your Motel Hell review. <laughs> number one. Uh, yep, I was laying in bed and just... Wow. Uh, nice. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Uh, wow, well, isn't it weird to hear that now, Alex? Don't you think? <laughs> yeah, it was we, really strange. We sound like babies. <laughs> so right? I had a pig's head on and we had a chainsaw <laughs> on. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> the Hey Yo didn't exist, I don't think. Or maybe it no. did. No. no, it didn't. No? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to take this movie, or at least maybe uh, uh, an hour of the movie, and seriously put a laugh track on it and and put it on YouTube or something, because Mm -hmm. I feel like that would be the ultimate uh, kind of The ultimate version. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Commentary. (laughs) 
Yeah, do it. Let's do it. Let's do a commentary, and you can just do that. I thought we were just yelling out words like uh... (laughs) commentary. You go Uh, fishing. (laughs) Yeah, peacock. Peacock. What? (laughs) That was weird. You said poppycock. I did. Peacock at the same time. That's crazy. What? You said peacock? Yeah, at the same time. (laughs) Wow. Oh, wow. Poppycock and peacock. That's wow. Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> we got cocks on the brain. Oh, <laughs> it's that fucking Pazuzu thing. It's in my head still. I'm telling you, yeah. To stop talking. Yeah. Lasers, let, let us know who saw the giant penis and who didn't. And it doesn't mean you're gay, I swear. <laughs> yeah. um, Dave's like, I didn't, I didn't notice anything. Like that. <laughs> I uh, so anyway, how about that Bears game? Hell of a game. <laughs> 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 Let's do some manly stuff. I'm going to get a tattoo later, too. Did I tell you that? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, we'll be right back to wrap up the show after this commercial break. Don't be in a rush to stick it up your crack. Banana Laser will be right back. This is Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com with all the skinfo from the latest movies. Nude in limited release, Zoe Kravitz makes her new debut in The Road Within. Zoe's the daughter of Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Bonet, and she proves she takes after her mom when she gets naked and flashes boobs having sex outdoors. That'll give you a Bonet. This is the Mr. Skin Minute. Nude on Blu-ray, it's Maps to the Stars. Just five minutes in, we get some bathtub boobage from Olivia Williams, and Julianne Moore shows great TNA during a steamy threesome. Maps to the Stars is less about directions and more about erections. on HBO, season 5 of Game of Thrones got off to a sensational start. As a bloodthirsty prostitute, Mina Rayanne bears her full frontal fun bags and forest of core for one of Khaleesi's unsullied warriors. Mina will leave your pants far from unsullied. MrSkin.com Fast forwarding to the good parts. 72 movies that shocked a nation and made an infamous list of video nasties. Hi, I'm Duncan McLeish and you can join me and my co-host Andy Blockley Hello, hello. as we chat about the 72 films, reviewing them all from the video nasty list live on our podcast. Tell them about it, Andy. Okay, in 1982, 20,000 films were seized in London alone because they were too nasty to be watched. Come and find out why. That's right. The show's called Doing the Nasty Podcast. You can find it exclusively on the Horrorphilia Network of Podcasts. Come and check us out. All right, Lasers, that wraps up episode 46 of Banana Laser. Thank you so much for joining us uh, with our discussion about jumping the shark. No, changing tones in horror movies and the uh, the 1974 uh, film Deranged. Uh, we had a blast. So, guys, what's up next for rolling through the 70s? What do you think? What's 1975 got? Hmm. Um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. No! Um, that movie about the shark. No! Um, I think our general might have done a movie. <gasps> 75? The flew over the crystal plumage? <laughs> flew over the cuckoo's uh, <laughs> silver linings playbook? Huh? What What film did Argento do that year? Deep Red, 1975. Deep Red, 1975. 
That's it. We're doing that. You heard it here first, lasers. Woohoo! More no, Argento minute. is coming down the pipe. <laughs> wait a minute. Yes. Can we do the porno parody, Deep Pink? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, instead of a segment, that'll be our segment. We'll review two movies Deep Pink followed by Deep Red. <laughs> <laughs> Since you picked a segment this week, I'm going to pick it for the next one. I give this four out of five sperms. Deep, Deep red is when uh, when it's a virgin. We're all red inside, buddy. Yeah, that, I mean, that's probably what Deep Red is truly all about, you know, when you break it down. Which is yeah. exactly what we're going to do on the next episode, episode 47. So look forward to that. And... I just want to say, as of the time of this recording, the guys who won the Digging Up the Romero Blu-rays... Romero. Yeah, Digging Up the Romero remains. (laughs) Somebody dig you up, dude. You look fucking dang, He looks old as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) You guys have still not contacted us. Uh, What was it? Mick Mick Bastard and M. Kelly uh, 8675309. Whatever. You guys need to email us at bananalazergmail.com to get your copies of Digging Up Romero. So check that shit out. Isn't that um, cool? Because he would be a zombie, too. If he actually <laughs> took up Romero. It's like perfect for him. Bananalazer presents Digging Up Romero. <laughs> By Adam Green. Because <laughs> we're on his nutsack. Yeah, I can't get enough of him. Um, can't get enough of that. <laughs> We're going to get out of here. I'm currently waving at the microphone because I love the Laser Nation. And we'll see you guys next time. Until then. Keep your fingers in the sky and keep don't fuck. the pie. Yes! <laughs> Later, lasers. Thank you for listening to the Banana Laser Podcast. Please be sure to check out Horophilia.com for a full archive of all of our previous episodes, as well as other great podcasts like The Skeleton Crew, My Bloody Podcast, and many more. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Banana Laser Show. Also, join our Facebook group page at facebook.com slash groups slash Banana Laser. That's where the real lasers come out. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, where we post trailers, movies, and more. Interact with us. Please send us a voicemail at 314-720-8842. Or send us an email at bananalazer at gmail.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Again, thanks for listening, and keep on bananaing.
banana laser wins every time.